So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today. You guys, some of you know my guest today. Some of you he will be new to, but you're all going to love him when the episode is over because he's going to shed some light on a problem that plagues so many of you at midlife, right? 60% of us are overweight or obese by the time we hit menopause. By the time we're 60, that's three out of four of us. And we are all searching for an answer. And my guest today, Stu Schaefer, has some answers for you. One of the answers that he's going to have for you comes from this quote he shared with me that I absolutely love that we'll also talk about. Losing weight won't cause more self-love, but more self-love will help you lose weight. So you can't hate yourself then, you got to love yourself then, and you got to do a whole bunch of other things. I will tell you a little bit about Stu and then we will get started. So Stu Schaefer is a 20-year award-winning celebrity weight loss coach and he specializes in helping people put their body into the thermogenic state so they burn fat 24-7 and lose weight like they did in their 20s. Who wants that? Everyone. (laughs) Stu struggled with anorexia in his teens. And when he overcame his eating disorder, he realized that he wanted to help people create their perfect body in a healthy, sustainable way. Since then, Stu has helped thousands of people transform their body and empower themselves to create massive success in their life. Welcome, Stu. So happy to be here. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's always fun to talk to you because you have such clarity around the issues that my people want to know about, which is weight loss resistance at midlife. How do I get rid of this belly? How do I get my butt to shrink my thighs? All the things, not necessarily because of a vanity issue, but because they know it's related to health problems. And they know because they've (laughs) been hearing me say that Fat, excess fat is not just decoration, it's metabolically active and it's like you have this extra endocrine organ that's then messing with your hormones. So, so many problems with excess adiposity. So how did you become interested and an expert in this field? Why don't we start with that, Stu? That's a great question. And you mentioned something really quick that I want to touch on before I forget. You just mentioned something that's gold. And you said when women have this excess body fat, it wreaks havoc with their hormones. And we'll get to this. Remind me about this. Because most of the women who see me think their hormones are off and that's the cause of their weight gain. But actually their hormones being off is a symptom. Okay. And so when they hit, they, every woman that I've ever talked to says, well, I hit my 50s and my hormones changed and that's why I gained weight. 
And that's not usually the truth. The truth is something's off that wreaked havoc with your hormones and caused you to gain weight. So I know you know that. So <laughs> I want to make sure we don't skip over that. But how did I get started? Well, you mentioned in the intro that I was anorexic and I was in um, my first year of high school. When I was 13, between eighth and ninth grade, I ended up breaking into a house in my neighborhood with two friends. I thought they were my friends and uh, I ended up getting arrested. Now, when you're 13, every little thing is the end of the world anyway. And this was like the end of the end of the world. And because of that, it just, I had this self-hatred. You also mentioned the self-love idea in the intro. And I was just despised myself. And as a result, thank goodness that when I was younger, suicide wasn't as gratified as it is now. There, No one was committing suicide, but I possibly could have. Cutting wasn't a thing. I possibly could have. What I turned to was anorexia as a way of self-punishment. And so for about a year and a half, I battled with that and it was very real. And what got me out of it, quite honestly, was I had a nervous breakdown. It was ninth grade. I had a full load of classwork that I wasn't used to. Between that and not eating and not being able to function, everything just came to a head and I just broke down and was crying. And that was the turning point. And out of that, ironically, what got me out of that mess was I decided to do a program. Now, this doesn't work for many people who have an eating disorder, but for me, it was something I could focus on. And I had anxiety for 30 days straight because every day I was eating four or five times a day. And every time I ate, I thought I was going to get fat. So I was ang had anxiety all day. Now, at the end of 30 days, this was the critical moment in my life. This shaped everything because it broke off that false belief system. I could see that I hadn't gained the weight. In fact, I looked better. I felt better. I wasn't as emotional. I could function. And I had this clear vision and experience of what it's like on both sides. And I said, oh my gosh, I want to be a health coach because I can see the difference that this kind of change and transformation can make in a person's life. And I understand and am very compassionate when someone is feeling overwhelmed, anxious, doesn't know what to do. There's so much information. They don't like their body. And it just, there are some days I just wanted to hide under the covers and just wish that everything would go away. And that was the defining moment for me. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. So out of that pain, wow. At, at ninth grade, you went through all that. That's a lot. It was a lot. So you, it was a heavy you, load. You grew up really fast. And out of that came this passion for helping people. What do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about losing weight? This is a good question. And I'll tell you flat out is it's still perpetuated. In fact, if you were to line up 100 experts, including doctors, and you ask them, how do you lose weight? 99 out of 100 are going to tell you that the only way to lose weight is to go into a calorie deficit. They won't even say that that's one way. They'll say it's the only way. That's how I was trained when I became a certified health coach and trainer. You know, it works for some people, usually when you're younger, but it's only temporary. I mean, I was doing that and then I ended up running into a client. Her name was Ashley and I had been training for a few years, doing very well, by the way. And this woman came to my office. I was actually just finishing up my lunch. 
the door was open and she said, Hey, I said, uh, I'm like cleaning up. I'm like, okay, well, how can I help you? And she's still sweating. She's breathing heavy. She goes, look, I want to lose between 30 and 50 pounds. And I've tried everything and nothing works. Well, I'm in my twenties at this time. And I am embarrassed to admit this, but I'm kind of arrogant. And in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, right. You know, you're just eating too much. You're not working out enough. Like that's just what we're taught. It's like, oh, it's simple. So I said, I assured her that I could help her. She decided to work with me and we tried for five weeks and she did not lose a pound. Now her background, she said that typically if she did a diet, she might lose three to five, but then she'd hit a plateau, gain it right back and then gain seven to 10 pounds over the next year. All right. Well, now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we tried everything. The 200 ounces of water, grapefruits, Adkins was hot at the time. She tried that. South Beach, the zone diet, you know, you have to remember this was back in 2009. These were all the trending diets. And she was eating less than 1200 calories a day, borderline a thousand. She was working out two hours a day. She's sitting across the desk crying, saying, I told you, I told you, I told you. I'm thinking I blew it. I, I should just give up the profession. I'm a failure. It was a bad time, total failure. Well, I looked at Ashley and I said, look, I said, Ashley, I am going to figure this out. I will work with you for free until we figure this out. Because I was upset that the stuff wasn't working. I could tell how emotional she was about it. So I went on this deep dive research quest. I was bound and determined to figure out what is going on here. Why is the normal stuff not working? And after about two weeks, I figured it out. It's something called repressed metabolic syndrome or RMS. And what happens essentially is when you diet too much or you don't eat enough or you exercise too much or a combination of those things, it essentially causes your metabolism to shut down and it puts your body in this state called the catabolic state where your body is actually storing fat and burning muscle. This is terrible. This is awful. It's bad for your body. It's bad for your health. This is what was happening to Ashley. Now, there's only one way to correct this. And really, in my opinion, of all the research I've done, there's really only one way to lose weight and keep it off without wrecking your body. And this is called putting your body into the thermogenic state. And the way you do it essentially is you eat more and exercise less. Totally counterintuitive. So I go back to Ashley. I'm all excited. And I kind of explained to her what I just explained to you. And I said, we got to, I need you to start eating more and exercising less. Well, you can imagine she's looking at me like, what are you nuts? She's like, there's no way I'm going to do that. I can't even lose a pound. I'm barely eating anything. I'm exercising two hours a day. This is going to make me gain weight. And I said, look, let's give me a week. Give it a week. Let's do this. If you don't lose any weight or if you gain a pound ever, we'll stop immediately. We'll try something else. She reluctantly agreed. Okay, fine. Well, the first week she lost two pounds. I'm, th I'm sitting there going like, yes, we've got, this is working. She's not convinced because remember she'd lose three to five and gain it back. So she's like, oh, right, this is what my body normally does. But she was willing to give it a shot. Okay. We didn't go the opposite direction. The next week she lost two and a half pounds every single week for 12 weeks in a row. She lost between two and two and a half pounds. And she ended up losing a total of 37 pounds of body fat while simultaneously increasing her lean body mass slightly, which is very important for metabolic reasons. And she looked at me and she goes, I don't understand how this was possible. How did this work? And I was telling her, look, this is because we put your body in the thermogenic state. When you work with your body, 
magical things happen. You can eat more, your body revs up, you start burning fat all the time. So Kieran, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if it worked with someone like Ashley, who was like so challenged, how would it work for all my other clients who are already losing weight, doing the normal calorie deficit? So I go to them and I say, tell them what happened. Are you willing to try this? Yeah, let's try it. Not only did they start losing weight faster, working out half the time and also eating more, but their energy went through the roof, their cravings vanished, they were never hungry, and their hormones started normalizing because they weren't restricting or cutting out any types of foods. Then I was awesome. like, oh my gosh, there's something to this. This is incredible. That's how I figured this out. Awesome. <laughs> so you you mentioned, you know, their hormones normalized. So one thing you mentioned earlier is that women say my hormones went out of balance and I gained weight. So we might have to agree to disagree there because, you know, we women do have this menopausal thing that is associated with weight gain where we go through perimenopause and menopause. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? How do you help women address weight hormone balance for midlife women? This is a good question. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is a good question. What happens is this. I'm not saying that the hormones changes aren't real. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that that's not necessarily the cause of everything. Normally, there's something else that causes the hormones to go out of whack to begin with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and this is typically how it works. When we get older, as we age, everyone, you, me, everyone, we get more sensitive. Now, this is obvious. If you were to compare a 20-year-old woman and a 90-year-old woman, it'd be obvious. Oh, yeah. If the 90-year-old tried to do what the 20-year-old did, you know, she could probably die. It just your, your bodies get more sensitive, right? Where we're more resilient when we're younger. So what happens is this. Maybe that I'm the only one that had this experience, but when I was in college... I would see the girls, guys too, but I'm talking about girls here. I'd see the girls go on a binger Friday night and a binger Saturday night and pull an all-nighter Sunday night for the exam they had Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they'd work out two hours a day to undo all the damage they did and get ready for the next weekend. Okay, well, they looked fantastic, but guess what? That's not good for your body. Okay. It was never good for the body, but it worked for them at the time. So what happens is people develop bad habits that ha that allow them to lose weight when they're younger. And they keep those bad habits that actually prevent them from losing weight as they hit a certain age. It's not because the hormones change per se. It's because our bodies get so much more sensitive and those bad habits oftentimes are the culprits that make the hormones change. This is what I'm talking about. This is that kind of dichotomy. Now, when you eat correctly, and when talk about that, there's four components of eating. I call it the food quadrant. There's not only what you eat and how much you eat, but there's when you eat certain foods, the timing and how you combine foods together at each meal. And that's when the magic happens. When you do that and you put your body in this thermogenic state, one of the side effects is that your hormones balance. They normalize. Now, I'll tell you the order they do it in. 
The first thing that normalizes right away within days is your insulin and blood sugar. The second one that balances cortisol. And you know, we've talked about that, Kieran, on Instagram a couple of times. That's like the mama hormone right there, right? <laughs> you think <laughs> yeah. you call it the queen hormone or something like that. And yeah. then the third that balances or normalizes a bit is thyroid. Now, obviously, if you have an autoimmune like Hashimoto's or hypothyroid, it may not balance all the way. But many of my clients they have reduced significantly any thyroid medication they've been on. And I have a client right now, as a matter of fact, her name is Holly. She has no thyroid. She was convinced she wouldn't be able to lose weight and she's losing weight just fine. When those big three hormones balance, the insulin, the cortisol, and the thyroid, that opens the gates for your other sex hormones to start normalizing naturally. These are the mm -hmm. progesterone, testosterone, estrogen, okay? Now, there's two other hormones that also balance. They're not as big as the three. They're called leptin and ghrelin. One is essentially your craving hormone. The other is your hunger or satiety hormone that also sends a signal to the body to burn fat. So all of these hormones start kind of normalizing and working together, and that furthers the weight loss in a very natural, sustainable, and much easier way than when someone's trying to restrict or count or do some kind of extreme diet. Yeah, I totally agree with you about these bad habits that we pick up that affect our other hormones like our insulin, our cortisol, this feast or famine, work out crazy, don't work out. We develop these habits and we have unbalanced hormones and then we women get to midlife. We blame it all on our sex hormones and then we chase that that train but that train never gets to the station because you don't know about all these other things. So thank you for highlighting that. Mm -hmm. So now I know what people are thinking. <laughs> oh, Stu, you're just going to take away all my carbs and fun foods. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to do. So talk to us about, uh, you know, eating. You know, this is a great uh, point because I had a, a client not too long ago and she was 52. Her name's Brenda. And she said, I can't eat carbs. If I do, I blow up like a balloon. Every time I try to get carbs back into my nutrition, that's what always happens. So she was going low carb. Well, the problem with going low carb or no carb is that can cause diet induced hypothyroidism. Okay. Since the 90s, this is a medical term. Since the 90s, we've known that two things can cause diet induced hypothyroidism eating a diet that's too low in carbohydrates or too high in fats, even good fats. Now, I happen to have seen more women in the last three years with diet induced hypothyroidism than I had in the 17 years before that combined. Much of the reason I believe is because of the ketogenic diet is so low carb and so high fat, it's kind of hitting that thyroid from both sides. So this particular woman, Brenda, had done this. Okay, so not only was her thyroid out of whack, her sex hormones were out of whack. The first thing I said is, look, we're going to have to add carbs. You have to eat carbs. Carbs are actually really good, and I'll explain why in just a second. But she was very frightened by it. In fact, she said, look, I'm not going to weigh myself because if the scale goes up, I'm just, I'm going to die. I said, fine, don't weigh yourself, but I need you to take progress photos and waist measurements so we have some form of tracking here other than the scale. And she said, okay, deal. Okay. Well, in the first four weeks, she dropped two inches off her waist, two inches in the first four weeks. By week six, I was on a coaching call with her and she said, oh my gosh. I said, how was your weekend? It was a Monday morning. I said, how was your week? She said, oh my gosh, 
first time that I can remember two days in a row, I woke up to my alarm clock. I haven't slept this good in years. Now, this is a good indicator that your hormones are balancing. Okay. When you start sleeping and she said she wasn't moody anymore, this is because she was eating enough of the right foods to allow her body to get into this nice thermogenic state. Now, why are carbs important? Well, they're important because one diet induced hypothyroidism, but Every food has something called the thermogenic effect on the body. People don't know this. Nobody talks about this. Protein has the highest. It has a 30% a thermogenic effect. That means when you eat protein, it actually causes your body to burn fat. Now, there's a catch to this, right? All of us have a limit, just like vitamins. It's like, oh, vitamin C is good. Well, if you take too much, it's useless. The body does it only absorbs what it can and you pee out the rest. Well, with food, you only have a, a certain amount you can absorb. You don't pee out the excess. Okay. What ends up happening is you store it as fat. Now carbs have the second highest thermogenic effect. This is what nobody talks about. They have a 20% thermogenic effect. Fat has almost zero. It has between a zero and 3% thermogenic effect. So it really doesn't cause you to burn fat. The problem is now you need fats. So everyone listening, I'm not saying you should eliminate fats. I'm not saying that at all. The catch is this, fats make you full. Now, if you need fats for hormone balancing and skin and, and other things like this, right? But they make you full. So if you're eating too many fats and you get full, then you won't have an appetite to eat some of the other foods that would actually force your body to burn fat. I see this so often now. And I, you know, it wasn't long ago, I had a client named Mary. 52. She had done keto for eight years. Now she started doing it because she wanted to get rid of seizures and it can do that. And it did it for her. However, over eight years, it totally depleted her body, put her into the repressed metabolic syndrome. She wasn't hungry. She had no energy. It was a bad situation. All right. Well, we started doing eating carbohydrates, proteins, fats, the whole deal, but in a, in the way that was working with her body to put her in the thermogenic state. Now for the first, I'm going to tell you how this can affect your body for the first four weeks, four and a half weeks, she only lost two pounds. And she said, I'm really discouraged. I said, Mary, I get you. I said, but look, how's your sleep? She goes, amazing. I go, how's your energy? She goes, well, that's kind of the only reason I'm still optimistic. I haven't had this much energy in years. I go, how are your exercise sessions going? She goes, great. I'm getting stronger. I said, aha. I said, stay the course. I can see what you're doing. You're doing everything perfect. The next week she goes, I think something just changed. I go, what? She goes, I, for the first time in eight years, I woke up and I'm hungry. I haven't had an appetite in years. I said, this is a good sign. She lost two pounds that week. The next week, two pounds, the next week, two pounds, 10 weeks in a row. And she lost 26 pounds and she goes, oh my gosh. She goes, I would have given up after that first four and a half weeks. I would have said, oh, this isn't working. It took four weeks for her body to undo that damage that she had done by depleting it so much. And then once we started fueling it correctly, bam, she was ready. Now, the problem was she was eating tons of nuts and avocados and seeds because that's what everyone says to do now. What people don't realize is this, not all fats are created equal, not all carbs are created equal, not all proteins are created equal, 
Okay. We talked about that food quadrant, remember? And I said, look, 199 experts will tell you calorie deficit is the only way to lose weight. That's not true. The truth is this, and you know this, Kieran, every different food you put in your body has a different chemical reaction in your body, period. It affects your hormones differently. Doctors will tell you this in the same breath as they tell you that all you need to do is go into a calorie deficit. So the key is getting the right foods in the right combination to create the chemical reaction you want in your body. Most people want to create a chemical reaction that does two things, causes them to burn fat and increases their energy. So they feel amazing. And as a side effect, they optimize their health and hormones. Beautiful. Perfect. Okay. So with Mary, all these nuts and seeds are one type of fat. It's called an omega three, oh, omega six fatty acid. Okay. They're the MUFAs and PUFAs, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Well, here's the downside. We know saturated fats are generally not that great in, in high quantities, and we know trans fats are definitely not good. But people go, well, the omegas are great. Kind of. That's only half the story. There is a specific omega-3 fatty acid that's really good. And that's the one that's found in fish. Okay. Salmon, mackerel, sardines, these types of sardines. Things. Okay. <laughs> this type, this type of omega-3 fatty acid. Now there's omega-3 fatty acids found in other foods, but not this type. This is the type that will encourage some fat burning in the body that helps with your hormones and endocrine system, and that can help fight chronic diseases. However, when your omega-6 to omega-3 ratio goes too high, this is also detrimental. This actually hurts the body more than it helps it. So everyone's loading up on all these healthy fats, but now we're getting so many omega-6s and not enough omega-3s that it's still doing damage. Okay, And so again, you get half the story out there and then everyone runs with it, but they don't yes. explain the subtle differences and these subtle differences, they make all the difference. And that's why when I clients have, I, have told me, I've tried everything, I've tried this, I've tried that. And when we make these subtle tweaks and then they finally get the results, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like this huge weight has lifted off their shoulders. And this is the difference, right? This is why when Kieran talks and I talk, you need to find an expert that actually knows how the body works. If anyone ever tells you yeah. calorie in, calorie out, run away because they don't know what they're talking about. I love talking with you, Stu, because, you know, it's so true that everyone is like, oh, what's the latest diet? And, and when I was coming along, it was the grapefruit diet, the cottage cheese diet, South Beach, the zone. Those were the things. And it's like everyone's like, yay, the zone diet. <laughs> no, the cottage cheese diet. Oh, the grapefruit. And it's just like everybody's <laughs> omega threes are the answer. Omega sixes are the answer. And it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, let's just go to science. And you go to the science and you're like, y'all, this is how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Protein like is thermogenic. <laughs> Cars are thermogenic. You just yeah. got to go back to the basic science that hasn't changed in a long, long time. I do want to touch on this topic because we're, we're limited in time. Uh, I know we're doing finishing up with a masterclass. Everybody listening to the podcast. <laughs> we got a bunch of lucky women here who get to pick Stu's brain when we get off the podcast who are members of my program. And that's one of the benefits you get of being in my program. You get a front row seat masterclass with 
a lot of these experts. A lot of what I talk about is not only hormone balance, but how women have to detoxify that that's part of their weight gain and mitochondrial function or dysfunction is part of their weight gain. How do you work with those things? And what do you recommend for women at midlife to help with those aspects of weight gain? This isn't actually, it's a really good question. So there are two things that I do. So one of the things is that over the last 20 years that I've done this, I happened to just always work with women over 40 and over 50. It was wherever I grew up. I, I grew up in a town where that was the predominant demographic. So since I was a young trainer, I've always worked with women who were in their 40s, 50s and beyond. And I just learned and I thought that this was normal. And I never realized that this is actually quite difficult and it's a very special thing. So what I would notice though, is for example, someone might say, oh, I have Hashimoto's. Well, when I was in my twenties, I'm like, well, what's that? And I would go research it and work with these people and fail a bunch of times and find out that there were certain high risk foods. Okay. And these, then someone might have a gut issue. Okay. Candida, leaky gut, SIBO, something like this. Same thing. I'd work with them and we'd find these high risk foods that a lot of times would agitate them, cause them to gain weight. And same with thyroid issues. Okay. Well, what I noticed was over these things, these high risk foods were all the same. Now, these aren't just the typical high risk foods that you hear about, like dairy and gluten. Okay. Those are two of the highest risk foods and peanuts and sugar. But these were other things like kale, broccoli in some cases, sometimes bell peppers or tomatoes. And so what was happened is now when I work with women who I call them high risk, you're in the high risk category. And what that means is they are seemingly doing everything right on the surface and still cannot seem to get results. So something's off. They have an undiagnosed food sensitivity that may not show up on a test, to be honest with you, or a gut issue, undiagnosed perhaps, or an autoimmune that they don't know about or they do know about it. It doesn't matter whether you know it about it or not. And so I'll say, look, let's pull some of these foods. And they'll say, really? I eat a, a broccoli, cauliflower, you know, Brussels sprouts, some of these healthy foods. And when we pull them, they start losing the weight. And then when we put them back in, they'll gain the weight. And it goes totally against everything that you would ever hear. But some vegetables require a specifically very balanced gut biome to be able to properly digest those. And if your gut is off, it ain't going to work and it's going to cause inflammation and weight gain. And so you have to go through a period of pulling out some of these high-risk culprits so that your body can actually adapt and adjust and normalize. And then you can integrate these back in. In fact, I have a client right now. She's still working with me. Her name's Kathy. She's 53 now. She lives in New York and she is a nurse. She's on her feet all day. And she said, for 15 years, Stu, I've tried everything you can imagine. She rattled off everything you just did, Kieran, Adkins, South Beach, Zone, you name it. And she goes, Stu, why do you think you are going to be able to help me? And I said, because I know what's going on. You match all the symptoms of a high-risk client. Something's going on. You're eating a food that's not agreeing with you. And it's probably a healthy food that you would never guess and no one would ever notice. Okay, so we cut out some of these high-risk foods. And in the first three weeks, she lost nine pounds. And she said, holy smokes, I feel amazing. She had no energy after work. Now after work, she had so much energy, she could do her full workout. We found out it was there were two foods. Now we've since found there, there are a few more. 
And recently she said, gosh, I need to go to my rheumatologist. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, my joints feel like they're swelling. I go, well, you've added in all these foods without talking to me, pull them out really (laughs) quick. These are healthy foods like, you know, kale and some berry or something. I said, pull them back out. No joke. Within four days, all the swelling and tightness was gone. I said, okay, we're going to have to figure out which one it is. Cause we had already found out with her weight. There were two foods causing her to gain weight, tomatoes and hummus, chickpeas. And she said, oh my gosh, she goes, tomatoes are my favorite food. (laughs) I go, well, (laughs) of course. And that's the whole thing, right? The more you eat a food, the higher the likelihood that you'll develop antibodies to it. So sure enough, she cut it out. She was able to lose, if I remember correctly, 24 pounds. She's since been able to keep it off. She's jet set it over to Switzerland and Paris and all these different vacations and is able to splurge and eat normally and not worry about dieting. And she's fine. She's able to maintain. But again, we're now kind of looking at what are these foods? She's not eating any unhealthy foods, nothing that would be obvious like gluten or dairy. Which one of these veggies is your body rejecting that's actually causing an antibody inflammatory response that's causing your knuckles to feel swollen? This is what happens. Now, only someone who's I'm sorry, but only someone who's worked this out on the street, who's failed miserably many times, is going to know and understand what to look for because this isn't in any of the textbooks. It's It's not. not. Okay. And this is the key. So what happens is I've met more women. And remember, there was a kale craze. We've got some women here. I bet all of you remember the kale craze. Everyone was putting kale in their shakes and making We're still in it. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And that caused more women to gain weight and develop weird issues than anything I had seen in my career. And this was just awesome. Okay. Someone's asking, right? Well, how, how do you test it? Well, I don't test because I just know what the foods are because I've done this for 20 years. But if you were going to try to test it on your own, where would you start? I mean, it's hard and I don't recommend doing this with any of my clients, but you could do a basic elimination diet, which is very difficult and it's not realistic to maintain, but essentially you'd have to wipe out all foods except for maybe like five or or so, and then start systematically adding them back in. This takes a long time and it can be hard and arduous. I honestly don't have a test. I don't know how, because I've just, this is 20 years of observing and being able to pinpoint these things. And I'm sorry that that's a terrible answer, but that's the only one I have. Cause like I said, this isn't anywhere. It's not in any literature. So, but yeah. with, the, with the gut, I, right? I, like, I just want to add that this is definitely a part of my story too. You know, I was reacting to cauliflower supposed to be mm-hmm. healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Almonds, peaches, mm-hmm. blueberries, Who knew? Mm -hmm. So definitely a part of my story too. You know, and I had a client named Lachlan who was actually on my podcast and she was doing great with her weight loss. And we went from two hours a day, no joke, two hours a day to 30 minutes a day of exercise and increased her caloric intake by 50%. And she lost 18 pounds, but then she hit a plateau. And I said, Lachlan, what have you changed? She goes, nothing. I said, okay, I'm going to study. I'm going to go through a fine tooth comb with what you've been eating. She added one thing at night, almonds, because she was hungry and she wanted a healthy fat. But she said, oh my gosh, I got these weird 
hormonal symptoms, like something is swollen and painful and I'm bloated. We pulled those almonds out and within, I think it took five to seven days, all our symptoms mm-hmm. went away. Okay. So that's number one, right? You asked about the gut health stuff. That's number one. I said, there are two things. Number two is I always take a very specific type of silver. This is not colloidal silver. It's a special alkalized structured silver where they bond it to a water molecule, which is an antimicrobial. It's only strong enough to kill the bad bacteria in your body. It is not strong enough to kill the good bacteria. And it also kills fungus and mold and yeast. So this will wipe out candida. It'll help with leaky gut. It'll wipe out SIBO. This is my magic bullet that I use. And it's easy to take, no risk of... uh, no side effects and no risk of overdosing in any way, shape or form. Awesome. Thank you for addressing those things. I know we still haven't talked about self-love and weight loss, which we've got to talk about. (laughs) So I'm almost wondering if we need to cut it into two episodes, but let's go there and we'll figure out how to do the logistics later. But you do have an amazing training that you're going to share with everyone. We're going to give you the link in the show notes when Stu is done, but we've got to talk about this issue because So many of us, particularly women, gosh, we have a lot of Mm self-hate around our bodies and lack of self-acceptance. Some people say, I don't hate myself, but if you don't want to stand there naked in front of a mirror and you can't love all parts of your body, that's a lack of Mm self-acceptance, which is kind of like hate. And it's really impossible to get where you want to be in that frame of mind and really that you have to love yourself. And so I love that quote you shared, losing weight won't cause more self-love, but more self-love will help you lose weight. Can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, this is a can of worms, so it's a long answer. Okay. But it's important. So I'm not going to hold anything back here because the people here listening are in the right place to hear this message at the right time. Our mind, not our brain, our mind has a profound physiological impact that not many people are aware of. Okay. In fact, if you go to, again, if you took a thousand coaches, health coaches, weight loss coaches, maybe one, two, or three out of a thousand would understand how to incorporate mindset in a way that would actually cause physiological changes in your body. And let me explain what I'm talking about. Because since the 80s, if you were to look at the literature in the US, look at newspapers, medical journals, these types of things, you'll find that since the 80s, there have been numerous observations with people who have multiple personality disorder, okay? And here's what happens. Let's say you have a man with two personalities. We'll call him Frank and Joe, okay? I talk to all my clients about this because it's amazing. The researchers or doctors or nurses or whoever will be observing this person. And he'll say, hi, I'm Frank. Oh, hey, Frank. Well, we're going to do a physical on you. Okay, great. And they'll do a physical, the blood work, the hearing, the vision, the whole deal. And Frank has perfect health. 10 minutes later, he goes, hey, I'm Joe. Oh, hey, Joe, we're going to do a physical. And Joe has diabetes and requires glasses. Okay. Same body, same physical vessel, two different personalities, 10 minutes apart, completely different physiological characteristics. Now, in the 80s, they went, okay, something's wrong with our instrumentation. This can't be. But over the last 40 years, they are like seeing this not uncommon, by the way. And they're realizing how much our mind impacts our body. Now, I'll give everyone here a simple example that I always talk to my clients about to iterate this point. Most of us 
have had this experience. We're asleep in our own bed, in our own room. It's quiet, it's comfortable, it's warm, it's peaceful. And all of a sudden we wake up, our heart's pounding, our adrenaline is up, our cortisol is up, our blood pressure is up, our respiratory rate is up, and we're sweating. And nothing happened. There wasn't a bang, the bed didn't shake. We had a nightmare, okay? Well, a nightmare is nothing more than an unconscious visualization. That is it. And that one little unconscious visualization was able to increase your blood pressure, your adrenaline, your cortisol, your respiratory rate, your perspiration. That is a real physiological response. So most people are walking around using their own mindset against their body. This is why some people will go through the right actions and still not get results because their mindset is so off. And I'll give you a practical example in just a second. Their mindset is so off that they are causing their body to be in a state of, and I always get these backwards, the parasympathetic or sympathetic, you know, when your cortisol's up, they're causing their body to be all in this weird, stressed out state that they can't lose weight. They can't get the results. So where does this whole idea of self-love come in? Well, I'll give you a practical example. No joke. Okay. I'm working. This is, this is every day I hear this is you women, you women, I love you, but you know, sometimes you have some mindset blocks and this is the most common some, and I'm, I'm going to use a real example from one of my clients one week. She did her way away in and checked everything. And she weighed 147.8 pounds. At the end of the week, she did her next check-in. We wanted to see how everything was working. And she weighed 147.0 pounds. <laughs> and oh, she said, familiar. <laughs> and she says, oh my gosh, Stu, something's wrong. I didn't lose any weight. And I go, what are you talking about? You almost, you lost a pound. She goes, no, look, I'm still 147. I go, you went from 147.8 to 147. I go, it, everything is right on track, calm down. But she was so fixated and so worried and got herself so emotionally charged up in the wrong direction that that will cause your cortisol to spike and it'll shut down weight loss faster than anything, period. And I see this a lot is what happens is Many women who've lost weight before or tried or can't or have struggled, they have a lot of evidence from their past and they have a lot of doubt and fear and anxiety about losing weight and food and, and oh, I go, I'm probably going to have to cut carbs and I can't eat this. And they have all these, these negative experiences locked up in their uh, proof and, and, and in their subconscious conditioning. And so all these things rear their head and these are real things that have a real physiological impact. You have to, how do you know? How do you know if you're, if you're using your mindset against you? I'll tell you the easiest way. If you feel any negative emotion, fear, doubt, frustration, worry, any, any negative emotion, you're using your mindset against your own body. If you're feeling excited, anticipating, joyful, confident, secure, those types of things, you're using your mindset correctly. Now, the actual way to use your mindset is very simple. It takes a couple minutes, twice a day. That's it. It's no different than working out. You do the reps, period. But most people don't understand this. They don't grasp it. And even when they set goals, 
They set a goal that anytime they think of the goal, it makes them feel nervous and upset and anxious and doubtful. And they're using their own goals against them too. And so it backfires. And then they wonder why they're not getting the results. And it's because they're putting themselves in this chronic state of negative mindset versus positive. Ultimately, the best attitude you could possibly be in and the one we call self-love is when you truly and totally accept yourself for how you are right now, 100%. And you say, you know, I love myself. I love my body. I love the woman or the man that I've become, man. And you know what? I'm excited to be even better. And I'm going to try to change my body, not because I feel like I have to, not because I hate how I look, but because I want to, because it's exciting, because I can do this. And that's the difference. That's the difference. That was so worth it. That was, we had to, you had to go there. So thank you for going in deep on that. I really appreciate it. I love this. This is my favorite quote that you've said. <laughs> if you have any negative emotion, you are using your mindset against your body. I think that's a big hunk of truth that everybody needs to really take in. Thank you so much, Stu. I love talking to you. You explain things so clearly and concretely that I think people really understand. You really are always with weight loss resistance, I must say. So <laughs> I'm honored to have you on the podcast and have you here for the masterclass. We will have a link in the show notes because Stu has some special training for you. He's got a metabolism quiz that you can take and a thermogenic weight loss blueprint. Tell them about the the training and quiz and all that you have for them. Yeah. So I want to really give everyone, I always just want to add value and, and give people clarity so they can really have some direction. Okay. And say, Oh my gosh, I know what's been going on. So there's a masterclass you can watch that I've recorded that goes over this material in more depth. There's a fat loss blueprint and then the thermogenic quiz where you can take it and kind of see how well or how close you are to be putting your body in that thermogenic state. Awesome. Thank you so much for those amazing resources. We'll put them with both part one of the podcast and part two. I don't know how, or maybe we'll just have one really long one because <laughs> we just might have to do that. And we'll have a link in the show notes where you can check that out. You definitely want to hear what Stu has to say if, you've, if you're a woman at midlife and you've got a weight problem because he knows the answers. So I definitely recommend that. Thank you so much, Stu, for joining us today. We're going to jump into the masterclass. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. I know Stu has given you a lot to think about, a lot to digest, some big hunks of truth that will keep you knowing on them. And hopefully you can use them to improve your health. So thanks so much for joining us. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. 
You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.